Today's episode of the Creative Sheep Podcast is brought to you by ProPresenter. For 17 years, ProPresenter has been used by churches all over the world for lyric and scripture presentations, audio and video playback, environmental projection, and a ton more. Jared, I love ProPresenter. So do I. You know, like I said before, as long as I've been at Church on the Move, the only program for video playback and lyric presentations that we've used is ProPresenter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, not, but that's not all I've done with it. I mean, I work in in kids ministry and youth ministry. I've done I've done things in in both, and we've used it for games. We can create game boards. That's that the functionality is insane. Utilizing the props, you can actually move pieces around yeah. on said game board. Yeah, it's it's so awesome. Very versatile. I would definitely uh, encourage. Anybody out there, if you are not using ProPresenter, maybe you're using uh, some, sort of, some sort of like uh, PowerPoint or, or you know, nothing against PowerPoint, but uh, I think it, you should definitely check out ProPresenter. Uh, it's been used by over 95% of Outreach Magazine's 100 largest, fastest growing, and most influential churches. It's available on both Mac and Windows. So head over to ProPresenter.com and check it out. That way, when you're downloading gobs of free stuff from creativesheep.org, you can play it back through ProPresenter. Go to ProPresenter.com. And now, Roman, let's get to today's show. I'm Laura Larson, and this is the Creative Sheep Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Creative Sheep Podcast, the podcast where we talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders to get better. Folks, my name's Jared Hogue, and I'm joined with the one and only Roman Steadfast Johnson. That's that's right. That is actually my uh, my given middle name, Steadfast. Uh, it's great to be here. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here recording this uh, podcast with you this morning. It really, really is. You know, Roman, we've got some exciting things coming up. One that we can't talk about just yet. We're in pre-production on. It's super secret. It is. But I, I, it's not... Re- related to uh, artificial intelligence, in case you're wondering. <laughs> no, it's not. But you can go find out more about that from Elon Musk. Uh, but no, Roman, we do have some other exciting news that we can talk about right now. I think we should. I think we should, too. You know, Roman, we, we this, should, as, as they say, let the cat out of the bag. Let's let's do that right now. We've got, uh, I apologize for that sound effect. That's good. So we've we've been every other week for some time now. This podcast releases every other Monday. And it's been fantastic. I will say it's been okay. (laughs) Our audience has been growing. It's been awesome. It's being shared. Um, But, you know, we're always in pursuit of getting better. And so we are actually going to go every day. No, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Every week. We are going to go every week. So starting in 2017, starting in 2017, January of 2017, we are going to be releasing a Creative Sheep podcast every single Monday. That is so awesome. So like, so let's just, the scenario here. It's Monday. Yes. There's going to be an episode releasing today. You better believe it. It's a week from today, which is another Monday. There'll be another episode. There'll be another episode. And then a week from then? And then a week from then? We're talking about four to maybe five episodes per month. Yes. Based off of the month. Yes. That's every single week. You better believe it. 500 and how many weeks are in a year? There's only 52, but 52. Not, not 500 and something. <laughs> <laughs> so folks, make sure to hit subscribe for all this fantastic content that's going to be coming your way. We yes. have got some amazing interviews lined up for you. Trust me, you don't want to miss out. We're going to be trying some new things in the in the upcoming months. Not to mention, like I said, we've got one little uh, thing up our sleeves right now. We've got a meeting about it actually this afternoon. It's very exciting. Not going to share any more than that. Just going to tease that out there. Uh, it is not. It is coming. not related uh, to space travel. 
again, Elon Musk. You've been reading a lot about him lately, haven't you? <laughs> He's a fascinating character. He is a fascinating character. But folks, make sure to hit subscribe. Go ahead and share. Let, let your social media family know that the Creative Sheep podcast is coming out every single week starting in 2017. Uh, we would love for, for other leaders to hear. Uh, these fantastic interviews. Absolutely. And if this if this uh, podcast has been helpful to you at all, uh, we'd ask that maybe you jump on iTunes or uh, or Stitcher or one of these other... Or Google uh, Play. Google Play and leave a review. Leave a review and let everyone know what you think of the show. Absolutely. So folks, uh, let's get to today. Uh, we've got uh, episode 44 for you today. Episode 44. Episode 50 is coming quick, Roman. It is. It I is. really got to put on my rhyme cap. I've got yeah. a few rhymes written. I've got, I got some things up my sleeve. But this, I bet it's gonna, it is going to come up hot. If, I, fray, I'm, I think I'm going to pull an all-nighter right before we, <laughs> the episode rolls. I'm just going to get it done. Um, if, for those of you who don't know, I'm, record, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a rap song yes. for episode 50. So for that super sick beat that plays yeah. our, our anthem, the Creative Sheep anthem at the beginning of the show, uh, Roman promised back at, I think, episode 40 that he was going to write a rap to go over that. Yeah. And I've, I've heard a few of the bars, and it's very good so I far. i still got a lot of thoughts. Something to start like, start something like this. My name is Roman, and I'm a showman. That's all I got so far. We will definitely not be using that. <laughs> uh, so, folks, today, though, episode 44, we've got Jordan Wiseman on the show. He's the marketing coordinator for YouVersion. Perhaps you've heard of it. I have heard of it. The it Bible app. Downloaded like a bajillion times. Close. Uh, last I saw over 245 million times. I don't have 245 million of anything. <laughs> I don't know that I do either, actually. That's crazy. Skin cells. That's Sorry, that so got... gross. That is <laughs> so gross. gross. Uh, but you know, what's awesome about this is Jordan is building a volunteer team uh, to help with version. No way. Yes. So people, people wow. uh, uh, join the conversation on social media with version, talking about how it's encouraged them, how it's helped them, and they want to respond to every single person that, that communicates. And so he's building a volunteer social media team that can be anywhere in the world. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I want to get involved with something I believe in, Uversion is something you can get involved with. You can volunteer from anywhere with Uversion. That's it, amazing. It is amazing. But we're talking about social media. We're talking about Uversion. We're talking about Jesus. The, uh, Jordan actually has a, a pretty fantastic blog over at jordanwiseman.com, and he wrote an article talking about loving God and knowing God and, and the kind of the difference between the two of that he works for God, but does he really know God? Um, he's been in ministry for a very long time. I think that's something that a lot of church leaders have felt before. Absolutely. So I know really, I have. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. It really resonated with me. So I hope it resonates with you as well. Uh, but we're going to be talking about a lot of different things here, but it's a fantastic conversation with Jordan. Uh, so Roman, I think without further ado, let's get to today's conversation with Jordan Wiseman. Well, Jordan, man, what an honor it is to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's an honor to be a part. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, uh, why don't you, real quick, like, give us a, a nutshell version of how, how you got your start in ministry, how you got where you are today working with Life Church and Uversion. Uh, give us a little backstory there. Yeah, um, so I grew up in the church. My um, parents have always been a part of church, and so... Um, you know, going to church and being a part of church and serving at church has always been um, a huge part of my life. Um, and when I was in middle school, I had um, a staff member at the church I was a part of at the time um, asked me if I wanted to start volunteering with, like, the media and tech team. 
Um, and, you know, I really didn't know what that looked like, but I started like running, um, you know, like purpose inner slides in the weekend and actually we used a different program other than purpose inner at the time. And, and that's kind of how I got my start. And the people there, like, um, would do things with like graphic design and video production. And I always thought that was like the coolest thing. So I just started tinkering, tinkering around with that in my own time. Um, and I loved doing it. Um, and eventually, when I was in high school, um, I was offered an internship at that church. And so I did that for um, a summer and then eventually got hired full time. Um, and I worked there for a little bit, just kind of doing like graphic design and um, video production and that kind of thing. And then um, right after high school, actually, it was kind of the strangest thing. I had um, seen a job posting uh, for um a role on the graphic design team at Life Church. And I was living in Ohio at the time. Like that's where I grew up. I'm, you know, I'm not from Oklahoma, which is where um, Life Church is based. Um and I just for some reason really felt like I should apply for it. You know, I I knew about Life Church. I loved the ministry. Um but I never thought I would want to move to Oklahoma. And so I applied for the role um, and long story short, about five months later, I ended up moving to Oklahoma um, to work on the design team here at Life Church. And I was on that team for about a year. And then I moved to the version team, uh, where I now do uh, marketing and communications and social media and that kind of thing. Man. <laughs> so just, just some small things have happened in your life uh, over this time that you yeah. just described. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Jordan moved to from Ohio uh, down here to Oklahoma, started working at Life Church, and then have transitioned roles, if I'm not mistaken, over to the Uversion team, where you're now. I believe your title is the marketing coordinator. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so I, I mean, I, when you moved here, was there any anticipation of this? Like, did, was marketing coordinator kind of the the job you were striving for, or was design the only thing you had on your mind? You know, honestly, at the time, um, design was kind of the only thing uh, that I was, like, really interested in and passionate about. Um, and what's funny is during that time on the design team, um, we were going through some transition in how we did, like, social media at Life Church. And so our team, being the graphic design team, um, was tasked with the responsibility of running our Instagram account for a little while. And so I kind of ended up doing that um, because nobody else on the team was really that excited about it. And so I was just kind of doing that like while I was, you know, graphic designer. And during that time, I got really excited about social media and communications in general. Um, and that was something that I had always been excited about. Like when I worked at um, my church back in Ohio, I did some of that stuff as well. Um, but when the role opened up on the version team to do something like that, I knew that that was like, the right fit for me, mm. even though when I first came to Life Church, like I never would have thought, you know, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> uh, man, that I love, I love stories like that. I mean, not to get all super spiritual here, but just how, like, when the Bible says our mm. steps are word of the Lord, like, you had no idea that this was in the cards. And who knows? I mean, a year from now, two years from now, there may be something else for you at Life Church, church or otherwise that you didn't really see coming. And I, I just love things like that. I think that's super cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so you're doing the marketing. You're doing the marketing for Uversion, uh, which is a massive. That, that's that, to me, anyways, sounds like a massive deal. Uh, 
Um, for those out there listening that may not know, obviously Uversion is it's a, an app you can download on your phone that has the Bible in. Jordan, do you do you even know at this point how many tra- different translations are on Uversion? Um, well, we have over um, a thousand languages. Wow. Um, in the app right now, and what was cool is actually just um, I think it was about a month or two ago when we were doing communication about that because we um, were the first app to have a thousand text languages um, in their app, um, wow. which is something that's really cool, and so. And that's just, I mean, been amazing what, like, God has done through that. Um, and the fact that so many people have access to his, like, word because of that. And, you know, every single country um, in the world, like, there have been people who have used the Bible app um, for that reason. And that's just, I mean, the try to wrap your mind around sometimes how, like, amazing that is. No kidding. Do you ever just, like, do you ever kind of pinch yourself and wonder, like, how did a guy from Ohio end up influencing people throughout the entire world? Like, does oh that- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and what I mentioned earlier about like how I even ended up here in the first place, like I loved Life Church, and I was like, that in my mind was like, oh, I'd love to work there one day. It's like God ever let me do something like that, um, and I never would have expected like. That, that would happen, you know. I was I used the Bible app before ever even working at Last Church because I, you know, like I was touched by it personally, and so, um, it, it's just sometimes unbelievable. Like when I look back at like just all that God's really done, you know. That's awesome, man. So so encouraging. Um, so at, at this point, the Bible app, the Uversion Bible app, it's been downloaded. I, I think last I heard Craig Rochelle say it was like over two hundred million times. Is that right? Yeah, actually now it's about 240 million, over 240 million. No big deal. I was only off by 40 million, uh, 40 million downloads. Right, only no, 40 million. no big deal. Um, uh, still just stinking crazy. Um, uh, not only that, I was looking through the other day, and if I'm not mistaken, the Bible app, the Uversion Bible app, is consistently in the uh, like the chart toppers. Um, and which is still just so so cool. Anyhow, let's get let's let's get down to brass tacks here. I could talk about Life Church and the Bible app for a long time. A huge fan of both. Huge fan of Craig Rochelle. Um and so uh you're working now as the marketing coordinator. Why don't you just kind of let it just show it. I know you said you work in social media, but like what else does the marketing coordinator of Uversion do? And so my other responsibilities um, generally include any of our, like, email marketing. And we have a team that works on all of that. You know, we have a copywriter um, and, you know, content, partnership, strategist, all that kind of stuff. Um, But generally, my role is kind of, like, the last step in the process when it comes to, like, sending out communication pieces for these versions. And so I'm regularly sending out, um, you know, emails, whether that's a featured plans email or if it's a marketing email about a new feature in the app, um, which can be a bit daunting because um, those emails go to millions of people. <laughs> and um, we have, uh, for some big communication pieces, we even do those in about nine different languages, um, which we call our communication languages. So if there's a wow. big announcement, um, we'll have you know Spanish, Portuguese, Chinese, Korean, and a few others that um, we communicate in as well. Um, and obviously, I don't know any other languages, but we have some amazing um, localization volunteers um, that help us with a lot. You say, so it's volunteers that help with that? 
Yeah, so we have volunteers, and um, we have actually a separate team called the Liberation Team. And so what they do is they have volunteers that translate communication pieces. So they not the app, not the Bible app or anything like that, but just communication pieces. And that's obviously all handled the Bible. It's also handled by um, you know Bible societies and and that kind of thing. Um, but the communication pieces that we send out, whether it's you know marketing email. We have a team of localization volunteers that handle um, the translation of that. Um, and I believe we have over 100 volunteers doing that all over the world right now. Oh, my gosh. That is incredible. That is incredible. Um, yeah. So let's dive in here. You you told me uh, before we, we got this interview started, maybe even in an email, you guys are working on building a volunteer team, a volunteer social media team for version. So. Um, First, yeah. first question up here, just a real simple one, especially with a global reach like you have, 240 million people have downloaded this app. How do you go about creating a volunteer social media team to facilitate something that massive? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. Um, you know, it's one of those things where the amount of people um, that are maybe tweeting at us or commenting on one of our Facebook posts, for example. And, um, you know, no matter how big our volunteer team is, it's always going to be difficult to keep up with all of that. And so my philosophy is, you know, kind of, I think I've heard Andy Stanley say this before, but doing for one person what you wish you could do for everybody. Yeah. Um, and so we may not be able to respond to every single person on social media, um, but we do want to respond to as many people as we can. And um, whether it's because they have a question about the Bible app, um, you know, they want to share that they completed a plan because there's so many people. That's such a big deal, especially with like one year Bible plan. Yeah. Um, and we want to like, like say congratulations because that's a huge deal and that's a huge accomplishment for what you've done. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, where the, the heart behind it is. You know, we want um, people to have positive interactions with us as new version. Because a lot of times, in their mind, having positive interactions with us and equates to positive interactions with the Bible. And, and we want people to engage with the Bible. That's our mission, is to fully engage people in the Bible. And, and so that's why we want to do a social media team, because we want people um, to fully engage with the Bible. And, and I feel like that's a huge part of that as well. Man, I love that mentality that if people have, <clears throat> excuse me, if people have a positive interaction with us, they're going to have a positive interaction with the Bible app. And that's such a big deal. And I hope uh, all the church folks out there are listening that the experience people have when they come through your doors, uh, the experience they have with you, you're reflecting uh, the kingdom of God. And that's a big deal. And I, mm-hmm. I just love that you guys have taken that, not just to people that that physically walk into one of your billion locations or however many it is at this point. Obviously, I'm embellishing a little bit, but uh, but also yeah, right. to your online community. Uh, I think it's it's absolutely fantastic, and this is something you see throughout the organization of Life, Life Church. Um, like you guys have a campus pastor for Church Online, which is really freaking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, anyways, one of the things I love that you said too is, uh, and this may have been in the email. You might have just second said it a second ago, but. It, your objective is to respond to and encourage people um, through these social media avenues. Like you said just a second ago, for these folks that are completing a Bible plan, that's a big deal. How did you come to this, like, this being your why? Yeah, I mean, 
And when I think about what people are, you know, struggling with on a daily basis, um, you know, they can go to the Bible um, and find hope and encouragement there. Um, if they're feeling alone, you know, they can feel the presence of God just by reading His Word. And when I think about the fact that some people may be discouraged from reading the Bible just for whatever reason, whether they're too busy or maybe they just, for whatever reason, don't feel like doing it, if somehow we can on social media encourage them to engage with God's Word more, then I truly believe that that could change their life. And, you know, we don't believe that our, like, us saying anything to them is going to change their life, but we believe that God's Word can change their life, and we can help them um, be encouraged to engage with God's Word even more. That's awesome. That's so, so cool. So, like, real practically speaking, and I, are, are the people that are coming on this team to, uh, to interact and encourage these, these folks, are they only in Oklahoma City or Edmond where you are? Or are they these volunteers all over the world, like the, uh, the translators that you were talking about that help with some of the marketing for you version? And they could be, you know, anywhere. And um, as we're recruiting more volunteers, you know, and, um, you know, we're very much open to these volunteers being anywhere. Um, for us, we can make it primarily in English when it comes to social media. So as long as they can proficiently speak English um, and they have, you know, the social media skills necessary, then um, to us it doesn't matter, you know, where they live or anything like that. Gotcha. So when you say... Because I know for some some leaders out there listening, they can think like it's hard enough to train people that are here at my mm-hmm. church. How how are you going about um, screening, interviewing, um, and and then training? I mean, I know those are those are all three kind of separate questions, but let's just start maybe with like the mm-hmm. the screening and the interviewing. Like, because you made the comment just a moment ago, if they've got a a a social media awareness or prowess about them, like. And they speak English mm-hmm. fluently. They've they're basically qualified to help, but there's yeah. I'm, I'm guessing there's some kind of uh, checks and balances with this. So what does that look like? Um, so what we do is we have an online form, and um, that's basically like an application to volunteer for the team. Um, and they would fill out, um, you know, their basic information, but as well as they would list their social media profiles, like links to those, um, just so we can like you know get to know them a little bit. Um, and then we also, on the next page of the application, we have what I would consider like example tweet. Um, so I might post like, um, you know, somebody said, hey, I just completed my Bible plan. And then what, as a part of the application, they would respond to that like they would if they were actually serving on our team. Um, mm-hmm. And I have like three or four different of those questions. And some of them are negative. You know, not every one of them are the positive interactions that somebody may, you know, want to tell us. Because sometimes people are like, hey, my Bible app, you know, isn't like working right. And um, we want to make sure those people are taken care of as well. And so, um, you know, that's pretty much how we like screen them is by like looking through that and seeing, um, you know, what kind of responses they would give. Um, and when it comes to actually like training and developing those people, um, I have a structure in place where we have community leaders and then we have people who are responding, which is what I call the response team. And so the community leaders are people who are in charge of onboarding their volunteers, um, training their volunteers and making sure that their volunteers are scheduled throughout the week. And then I personally am only leading the community leaders. 
you know, I may step in as needed, but at the end of it, I'm not like too much in the weeds when it comes to um, managing all the different social media volunteers that we're going to get. Um, and so it's, um, for me, that was hard, you know, recruiting um, people to do that because um, I always want to like have that control of like, oh no, I would do it this way. Um, but one thing our senior pastor could yourself does a lot is if somebody can do it 50% as well as you can, give it away. Mm-hmm. And so I really was challenged on that mentality to empower the community leaders to kind of run with that and they understand their voice and they understand their mission. And so I know that I can trust them to do that. So, so good. Um, and there's a couple things I want to jump in on that. So like practically speaking, if you don't mind sharing, like how many community community leaders are you overseeing and then how many volunteers are they overseeing? Well, currently we have two community leaders, um, but the goal is to grow that to the point where we have, we have one community leader per day of the week, so at least wow. seven. Wow. Um, and then when it comes to volunteers under them, um, that could be right now anywhere from just maybe one person to maybe like five. Um, because we want to make sure like the blocks of the day are filled and also um, that every single day of the week has people scheduled. And so um, in the beginning, it's not going to be like every single day and every single time of day, we're going to have people like watching this and making sure it's good. But that would be the goal is to have as many volunteers as possible so that we can get as close to real-time responses as we can. Yeah, for sure. Um, so with, with this, and again, still so much I want to jump in on there, with uh, something you alluded to just a second ago, I love uh, what Craig Rochelle has said before, that if somebody can do it at 50% of what you can do, give it to them. Um, <clears throat> so with that, then, you, you actually, I came across a, a blog post you wrote uh, over at jordanwiseman.com uh, that is, uh, good leaders let go. Why, first mm-hmm. off, was it Craig's uh, comment that inspired that, or was it some personal experience? What what made you write that post, and what was it that you were passionate about at the time that you that you wrote that? Yeah, um, it's funny because I actually wrote that post a while before I heard Craig say that, and it's funny because sometimes you'll write something maybe a year ago, and then a year later you're challenged on it again, and realize yeah. that you need that constant reminder yourself. And um, but at the time, and um, when I wrote that blog post. Um, there was a certain project at work that I was really excited and passionate about. And it got moved to a different um, team, a different person. And, and at first I was really upset about that. And you know, I was like, this is my baby. This is my thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized that, like, me holding on to this is not going to help it grow. Um, and I need to trust that God um, knows what's best in this area. Um, and so that's why, like, as leaders, we have to be okay with letting things go. And, um, you know, control never brings growth mm. when it comes to our organizations or our teams or anything like that. I want you to say that, that again. Control never brings growth. I just said it for you, so you don't have to repeat it again. But that, <laughs> that, that is so good. And I, I think I heard it was either your senior pastor, Craig Rochelle, or Andy Stanley. They travel together and do. Uh, the Catalyst One Days, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the two of them, I think it was Craig, said, uh, you can have control or you can have growth. You can't have both. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. So good. Um, I love what you're doing in building this team. What are, what are, I'm sure you've got to get fairly innovative. I mean, I'm sure it starts there at Life Church, but 
just in terms of recruiting volunteers and these community leaders for version because it has a global reach. And like you said earlier, you're not super concerned where the person's located. So like, how are you finding volunteers for these positions? Yeah, and um, the first way that we are kind of recruiting is a little bit more um, internal. So I may email um, a campus administrator at one of our life trips locations mm. and say, hey, do you have anybody on your, on your current team that would just love to volunteer at the Bible app um, with social media? And, and a lot of times they would say, like, yes, absolutely. And I actually am found a volunteer um, just that way, just emailing one of our campuses and I said, hey, yeah, we have this person we just started on a team and they would love to do that as well. Um, and we have, you know, 25 locations in seven different states. So there's a bit of reach there um, and a lot of people to, to recruit from. Mm. But then again, um, you know, we also have our own channels to recruit from. And that part is a little bit more challenging because we have such a following on social media that we cannot necessarily just blanket it and say, hey, um, everybody who follows us on social media is sign up for this volunteer team because, you yeah. know, then we just be overwhelmed right. with applications. And so, um, it's kind of being smart with things like Facebook ads and like highly targeting people who, you know, are really interested in um, the Bible app and stuff like that. And so that's probably, probably the biggest way that we've been recruiting volunteers. Very cool. Very cool. So, you know, with social media being such a vast abyss, uh, for the churches out there listening, the church leaders out there listening, that right now they're using their their social media basically as an online bulletin, uh, just posting mm-hmm. about announcements and events that are coming up. What what encouragement or advice would you give them that this isn't just a tool to tell your church members what's going on? This is actually a way to reach people. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I would say a lot of times it is easy to you know, want to just post all of our information on social media. But I would say make sure that people know that you have a heart um, before you have a brain for like logistics and information. Mm-hmm. So people want to see, um, they want to see like people like engaging in your church and they want to see people smiling and people excited to be at your church. Um, so. And it's not that it's bad to, you know, post information on social media. Obviously, that's a great tool um, to get information out there. But um, for every time that you do that, you need to have probably at least four or five more times where you're just posting things where you're not getting anything from your audience. And I think that's a lot of times the challenge is we want to so often um, get something from our audience. You know, hey, sign up for this event or hey, click on this link or do this thing, where sometimes people just want to be shown something and so for us you know with the verse images that's a big deal like we just you know put a verse image there and we're not asking people to do anything with it other than you know read it and hope the Holy Spirit speaks to them through that and so a lot of times as churches it's easy um, for us to just want to promote everything and there's always that tension where you know one ministry wants something good and the other you know wants it more and there's always that and but I would just really challenge you to make sure that people see your heart as a church um, very clearly through your social media. Man, that's so good. Make sure people see the heart of your church through your social media. That is brilliant. Um, <clears throat> for for the churches out there listening that like 
social media can be like super overwhelming because there's a, a new mm-hmm. platform coming out every second. It feels like um, you've got the big players, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then you got stuff like Snapchat. And, and, and I mean, the list just goes on and on and on and on and on. What what advice would you give just in like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> like there's so many options. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to begin. What would you say to a church out there listening? Like, where do they begin? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, it's easy, I think, to be overwhelmed with how many different options that there are. And I think it would be easy to try to be relevant to want to be on all of those single platforms. But sometimes it's not for you and it's not for your church to be on Snapchat or Pinterest or any of those other social networks. And, And sometimes it is, you know, sometimes that is the right fit for your audience. Um, but my biggest advice I think there would be don't try to be somebody that you're not. Um, and if, you know, your primary audience is over the age of 50, Snapchat is not going to be for you. And so it's okay not to be on the most um, recent social network that, that opens up. But, um, you know, if you are really concerned about, like, you know, reaching younger people in your church, I would say, hey, go to your youth group and interview 10 kids and say, hey, what are you guys using? And then maybe use that. Um, to get, you know, get a big glimpse of your audience. Because a lot of times it's easy to look at data um, that's so high level from, like, organizations like Barna and stuff like that that tries to, like, paint it for a broad audience. But you know your church and you know the community that you live in. And so, you know, be in your community, be with your audience. And that might mean focusing on Facebook, even though it's kind of old now. And it might mean focusing on Instagram. And so... Just be who you are and don't worry about trying to be like us or any other church. Man, I love that. It's so practical just to go, like you said, go find some teens in your church and ask them what they're active on. Now you've got hard data to back mm-hmm. it up of where where the people of your church are at. I love that advice. That's fantastic. Um, for you version or for even for Life Church, do you guys have like a, a social media guide or like guidelines or anything? that you guys operate off of? And we have for some staff, like just general like recommendations. And, but um, every team is different that uses, you know, social media um, for an organization. And I don't um, personally do a lot with like churches, social media, organizationally speaking, just in a new version. And so I can't speak in as much for what um, that part of things looks like. But, um, for you version, um, our guide is kind of just our like verse images and that kind of stuff that we do, um, as well as with the social media team, you know, figuring out what our voice looks like and how we respond. Um, and so that's, you know, that's kind of what we go off of. We don't necessarily have like an elaborate hundred page. Input. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> um, yeah. Is, is that something you'd be able to share so that if, if somebody out there listening is wanting to put something together, they could use this kind of as a launching point for that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something I would send to my volunteers, so I can definitely um, definitely share that um, leader guide. Perfect. Um, I'd love to grab that for you. We can link to that in the show notes, folks. Um, uh, yeah, that's perfect. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I, I love what you've, the advice you've given on social media and the, the marketing that you do. And man, it's, it's incredible what you're able to be a part of and the reach that you have in helping market such an incredible tool. 
But that's not all you do. You, you've got a, a, from what I hear, a pretty successful blog that you write. And one of your latest, maybe the latest posts that you've, you've got up there at the time of this recording, anyhow, um, is fantastic. Um, it really resonated with me. And uh, I guess, first off, how long ago did you start the blog and why? Um, I started the blog about three years ago, and it was pretty soon around the time I was um, started working at LifeSearch, actually. And honestly, I just kind of wanted to start it as a way to just share what God was doing in my heart, um, whether that was um, maybe like um, a scripture that I had just really resonated with or just like a thought that I really wanted to share. Um, you know, my blog, like I've, at times been like tempted to want to turn it into more of like here's like tips for your social media or that kind of thing because I know that I could do that probably Mm -hmm. um but I know that that's not what God would call me to do with it um and so and that's also the same reason why I don't do any advertising or anything on it right now um and you know I just really want it to be and a reflection of what God has been doing in my life and hope that you know it encourages somebody who needs it very cool. Very, very cool. Um, so, and, and you know, real quick, before we actually jump into this article, this, I wasn't even planning on asking you this, but what, what advice would you give to somebody that's thinking about starting a blog, a podcast, a website, um, that maybe those, those thoughts of fear or insecurity are hitting them of what are people going to think? Um, what if it doesn't go well? What advice would you give them in, in terms of starting something like this? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, figure out what your motivation is before you do anything. And if you really feel like it's a burden that God has placed on your heart um, and you have something to share, then you just need to go for it. You know, the fear um, that you may have is natural. But if it is something that God truly wants you to do, um, then it's something that, like, no matter who criticizes it or and that that anxiety around people seeing, you know, your work or your writing, um, it doesn't matter because you know that you step into that obedience and doing what God called you to do. Um, on the other side, though, if your motivation for starting it is, I want to turn this into this big thing and make a bunch of money and all that kind of stuff, that's not necessarily, you know, a bad thing, but you may need to go back to your motivation and see, like, if that's really what God has called you to do. And, um, you know, it can be easy to want to, to do something just to be popular or to get be famous or to get, you know, recognition. Um, and I don't think sometimes that God often honors that mentality. Um, I think when we are obedient to him and, and step out in obedience and humility, he will honor that. And so, you know, God truly calls you um, to do that, to share your thoughts, you know, go for it and don't be afraid of doing that. That'll preach right there. That's some good stuff. So let's jump into this article that you wrote. Um, I believe the title of it is "When You Work for God But You Don't Know Him." That's mm-hmm. a that, that's a that's quite the the tagline right there, and it really caught my eye just in doing the research for this article. And as I read it, I just thought, man, I totally identify with this. And so, just tell us a little bit of what you were going through when you when you wrote this article. Why why this article? Yeah, I um, was actually over the summer um, reading the book Present Over Perfect by Shauna Nyquist, um, which if you haven't read it, it's 
you know, an incredible read, and I would definitely um, recommend picking that up. And there's a quote in the book that I think probably shifted, like, my perspective on both, like, work and what I do, and probably changed my life. And she said that many of us who have found ourselves to be useful in Christian service have found ourselves unable, if we're honest, to connect with God in any other way. Um, and that, like, wrecked me. That just, like, I was, like, blown away by that because I feel like I've seen that in my life, you know? So often for me, it's easy to um, skip over doing any time with God or spending any time with God um, because I have, like, work to do or I have stuff to do that, like, it's for God and for Him. Um, and I realized over time that the way I was acting in my relationship with God was as an employee. Um, you know, I felt like I was checking in and checking out. Um, I, God didn't call us to be his employees. He called us to be, be his sons and his daughters. And I realized that my identity first needs to be in who I am as his child before it is in me as his employee. Wow. <laughs> that is so powerful. So, I, I mean, so moving forward from this, I mean, that's something, it, like I said, when I read the article, it was like a punch in the gut. Um, and I, I, I share a similar story with you. I don't, obviously, I don't work at Life Church, but um, I moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma 15 years ago, been working at Church on the Move, and was involved in ministry since I was 15 years old. So at this point, I've been involved in ministry for 18 years. And, um, yeah can totally see what you're saying and that we, we kind of find our validation or our acceptance through the work that we do and that that's not really the point. So uh, moving forward from writing this article, and I, I th- if I'm not mistaken in the article, you say something about like, this is a journey you're on. You, you haven't necessarily figured it all out yet. So what are just some real practical steps from the, the time of reading this book and writing this article like, what are some steps you've taken to push more into the child uh, side of things and knowing God? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for me, uh, being intentional about prayer has been one of the hardest things for me in my faith journey. Um, you know, I've always been good about reading the Bible, which is kind of helpful, you know, with my whole year at uh, version. Um, but I've never always been great about regularly praying. And I think um, a lot of times it's just my perspective on it has gotten skewed um, and recognizing that I am his child and that um, whatever um, feeling I have or, you know, whatever is going on inside of me is not too big for him to handle. Um, I think so often um, we view God the way we see ourselves sometimes. And so we see ourselves sometimes as being unreliable or unfaithful or, yeah, man, I'm not good at this. And so I think sometimes we project those negative things about ourselves onto God. Um, And that's just not true. You know, he is a good father and he is um, perfect and he, you know, he's not deceptive and he doesn't lie, you know. And I think sometimes because we can be that way, we think that God may be that way. And when I realized that, um, you know, God wants to be a good father, and he is a good father, and um, and that he wants me to engage with him as his son, I it just changes my perspective. And so I've been more intentional about 
like how I pray and when I pray. And, um, you know, I have a, a long commute every morning. It's, I mean, it might not be long for some people, but it's 30 minutes for me. Um, and I just take my time to, I don't spend the whole time in prayer, but I make sure like the first five minutes of that, like I want to be like praying and I want to engage with God. Um, because it's hard for me to lead out of a place that I don't have. You know, I can't um, encourage people to engage with God and if I'm not doing that myself. Um, and I think sometimes we want God to do big things through us, and we want to be known for the big things that God's doing through us, but oftentimes God wants to do something big in you first. Um, and that's the place where nobody sees it. It's the place where... Um, you know, the years that go by when you feel like you're maybe not in the right place, but you're just being faithful. Um, and that's what God really wants is for you um, to, like, engage with Him um, as a son and a daughter first, and then everything else will fall into place after that. Man, that's so good. I was actually listening to uh, one of Craig's books earlier today, his book, Hashtag Struggles, and he talked about how People are impressed with your strengths, but they connect with your weaknesses. And, d- dude, even just hearing you say, like, you've always been good at reading the Bible, but your prayer mm-hmm. is where you've really struggled. Um, dude, I'm in the same boat. Um, it's easy to read. <laughs> it's something tangible. It's something practical. I accomplished something. Um, but prayer sometimes just seems like I'm just talking to myself, if I'm being honest here. Um, yeah even though I know, like, I know in my head, that's not what's going on, but man, I I can totally, totally connect with that. I love in this article, how you, you, you use the comparison of being a soldier or being a child. Um, and Mm -hmm. kind of break that down for us real quick. Like what, what did you mean by that? Yeah, I think, um, so often we have this mentality of, you know, we're in God's like army and we're doing these things and we're conquering for him and this kind of stuff. And I don't think that that's the way God designed it first. You know, I think he um, wants us to um, be a child. And I think um, one analogy I used in the um, the blog post was how um, when you're a kid and you had chores and it wasn't because um, you're an employee of your family, mm-hmm. but it was because you were a child, you were a member of your family. And you may or may not have gotten paid to do those chores, but you had that responsibility nonetheless. Um, and it doesn't mean that you got, you know, a paycheck or and then you had an employee badge or anything like that, but you were part of a family and so you had that responsibility. Um, and that's the same way with God's family. We are a part of his family and so we have responsibilities, but that doesn't define who we are. Um, you know, it wasn't when you were a kid, if, you know, your primary responsibilities was doing the dishes, you wouldn't say, hi, my name is Jordan, and I'm the, like, dishwasher in the Lyson family. <laughs> like, that's not who you, where your identity is. But so often as Christians, that's where we pull our identity from, is what we do, and the work that we do over who God is. Man, this is really, this is really helping me uh, right now. Um. One of the things too I love that you said is I'm going to go start saying no to things I've I've only said yes to in the past because they look good for for outside appearances. You alluded to this just a second ago. Uh but why is this a big deal? Um yeah, this is a big deal um because of motivation, you know. If we are 
saying yes to things to try to get ahead um, or to try to be impressive. Um, God doesn't honor that mentality, and that's not a humble spirit. Um, but if we're saying yes because we truly want to help somebody and serve somebody, then that is with the right heart. But you also have to keep in mind that sometimes we do have the right heart when we say yes to things. But if we're prioritizing those things over um, our family um, or in our personal health, then that's not what God wants for you either. Um, and so it's a balancing act, and it's viewing every single opportunity you have um, through who you are as his child. Um, and I think sometimes we, we feel like we have to say yes to things because we have to prove ourselves. Mm. Um, but when you recognize that you are already loved by God and accepted by God, you won't feel the pressure to say things, say yes to things only because you want to be impressive. But if you do say yes to something or an opportunity, it's because you truly believe that that's what God has called you to. Um, and so it's just, it's so important to view everything you do through that motivation lens. Would you say that a lot of this comes back to knowing your why, like why you're why you're here? This is this is. I mean, you you keep alluding to this. What's the motivation? What's the motivation? But knowing your why, would you say that ties into this? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, um, the why behind what you're doing is just so important, and that's true whether it's um, you know opportunities that you have, or even at work when it comes to um, a project like. If you can't back it up with the why, um, then the what is not going to be as successful. And and I think we understand that concept when it comes to you know um, projects or with you know a video project or an app project or things like that that like we might work on. But when it comes to our lives, I think we're a lot less intentional about it. And um, but you have to understand. Um, what God has called you to do, where he's placed you, why he's placed you there, um, and like your why. That's really good. That's really, really good. Um, one of the things you said in the article, too, is I'm, gonna, <clears throat> I'm going to live more like his child who he bought and, pay, and already paid a high price for, and not a worker acting like a need to earn my way to salvation. Is this just something you accept? Is this something God does in you over time? Is there something you had to do to come to this realization? Um, I think it's both an acceptance and something that God does in you over time. Um, you know, I I don't want to pretend that, um, you know, I've always understood that, you know. And so I think it's been over time God revealing that to me and showing that to me. And, you know, I still, you know, mess up on that so many times, um, which is why it is a process where God is saying, hey, now remember, like, this is who I am and this is who you are. And, um, you know, so it takes that moment of realization to accept that. But then it also, you know, takes that, that journey with God over time. And that's why it's important to, you know, pray regularly and read your Bible regularly because the more that you engage with God in those ways, the more you'll begin to understand who you are. Mm. Man, that's good. And, you know, you wrote this article now. It's been a little over a month ago at the time of this recording. And um, have you noticed a change in yourself? Have you noticed a change in your relationship with God? Yeah, absolutely. I think 
And it's funny, like, I've always absolutely loved my job here, but I find myself being even more like I enjoy coming to work even more when I feel like I don't have anything to prove. And I think that's kind of ironic at times, but um, I think it's funny how my relationships with, like, friends and coworkers has radically changed for the better when I view those people not as, like, you know, ways to, you know, try to get something, but as, you know, just people and like any kind of people. And I think so often we view other people as like, um, not intentionally, you know, nobody has a bad heart about it, but we sometimes accidentally view people as, you know, ways to get ahead or ways to advance our personal mission. Um, but when you surrender yourself to what God wants to do, um, and his mission in your life, then you, you find you have more peace in general. And I think that's the biggest thing. For me, is I've just been much more peaceful, and um, you know, over the past few months since realizing that. You know, Jordan, just in kind of some closing thoughts here, you're you're working at an amazing church. If I'm not mistaken, it's the biggest church in America, if not the world. Um, you guys just recently had over a hundred thousand people in in attendance on a weekend that was not Easter over the summer, no less. Uh, you're, you've transitioned from the church to now working with version that, like you said, every, every country in the world, people have interacted with version and used version, and you're playing a part in that. And just off of our conversation today, what just closing thoughts, advice, tips, uh, do you want to leave our audience with today? I would say, um, you know, remember why you do what you do. And I think for a lot of us, we forget um, what it was like not to know Jesus. And if you can remember, you know, how broken you used to be, the sin that you used to deal with, and then how when you met Jesus, that just changed your life completely. Like, you often have to go back to that place, um, especially if you're trying to reach people who don't know Jesus. Because sometimes we just get in our minds, we, like, learn the church lingo and we get so used to it. So when you remember the joy that you felt and um, when you first encountered Jesus, like that will just change everything and it'll fuel you um, with passion every single day. Man, that's so good. So, so good. Jordan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, if anybody out there listening wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to go about that? Yeah, um, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, I am just Jordan Wiseman. So that's the best way. Very simple, folks. Make sure to hit him up, Jordan Wiseman. Check out his blog, too. He's got a lot of incredible content there, jordanwiseman.com. Jordan, once again, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Creative Sheep Podcast. Hey, if you want to join the conversation, feel free to hit us up on social media. All right. We're on on, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at creative underscore sheep. You can hit us up with any questions comments send us a funny picture or video we love those things so uh we'd love to talk to you we'd love to meet you love to get to know you uh jared do you have any final thoughts today uh once again folks you're going to want to hit subscribe again 2017 we're going weekly plus we've got a couple amazing interviews left for you here in 2017 uh wit george is coming back on the show uh dan and randy debell are going to be on the show kyle turner's coming on the show we have just got some outstanding content for you that that we just can't wait to get out so make sure you hit subscribe share it review it uh we'd love to hear your thoughts we'll see you next time peace